good morning um so i'm revising my microelectronics from some notes i made a few days ago right the book i'm following for microelectronics is by behzad razavi it's the international student version very nice book very nice numericals and today i'll be reading chapter 2 basic physics of semiconductors question 1 why is silicon a popular material in microelectronics silicon is a popular material in microelectronics because a silicon has four valence electrons somewhere between inert gases and elements like sodium hence it shows interesting physical and chemical elements oh it should be chemical properties huh Silicon is a very common material because it is obtained from sand after a great deal of processing. Option C. If processed properly, silicon can form a crystal with one atom surrounded by four others. Okay. Let's head on with question two. Describe the process of conduction in a silicon crystal with respect to thermal energy. In a silicon crystal, every atom is surrounded by four other atoms because of covalent bonds. At higher temperatures, electrons gain thermal energy, thereby breaking away from bonds and acting as free charge carriers. There is, however, a minimum energy at which this happens, known as band gap energy. For silicon, band gap energy is near about 1.1 electron volt question 3 how do you relate band gap energy and temperature the formula for number of electrons per unit volume as related to band gap energy and t is 5 times 10 over 15 Temperature to the power 3 by 2 e to the power minus eg by twice kt where k is the Boltzmann constant Question number four <laughs> Question number four What are some typical eg values for conductors semiconductors and insulators? Okay, so eg for insulators diamond it can be 2.5 electron volts or greater for conductors it's one electron volt it's always less than that but it's one electron volt at the most for semiconductors it's somewhere between 1 to 1.5 okay question 5 what are densities of electrons for silicon density for atoms in silicon is 5 times 10 over 22 atoms per centimeter cube make a judgment okay so if we plug in values for band gap energy and let's say temperature of 300 Kelvin then we have a density of electron in 10 to the power 10 electrons per centimeter cube whereas at 600 Kelvin it is somewhere around 10 to the power 15 per centimeter cube considering that the number of atoms per centimeter cube is 10 to the power 22 there is very less which means there's only one electron per 10 to the 12 atoms at 300 Kelvin. This makes silicon a very poor conductor in its intrinsic state. 
Okay, question six. How do we modify carrier density in silicon and make it more useful as a conductor? Okay, so if we take the silicon crystal, right, and we plug in atoms uniformly, which have, let's say, five valence electrons, like phosphorus or even arsenic. So those will lead to an increase in density of free charge carriers. Let's say you plug in n number of atoms per centimeter cube of phosphorus, right? So it will raise the uh, free charge carrier density by that amount, right? The typical amount of doping lies in the range of 10 over 15 to 10 over 18 atoms per centimeter cube, thereby raising the number of electrons in that space. Also worth mentioning is that since NP equals Ni squared, and regardless of doping, these, this product, NP, always stays constant. So, this means that when we dope, we are causing an imbalance in the charge carriers. There will be majority charge carriers, there will be minority charge carriers. Right? I could go on and on. Uh, so, majority charge carriers, you can choose electrons or holes. It depends, right, what kind of dopant you're putting there. But, smart would be to use uh, electrons as your charge carriers. Why? Because they have more mobility. What is mobility? Mobility is something that's a factor when you're considering movement of charge carriers in terms of drift. Right? All of these comebacks comes back right we'll talk about it let's go to the next question question seven what are the typical doping densities for silicon crystal we already talked about this question eight explain transport of carriers in terms of mechanisms okay okay uh, so transport of carriers it happens in terms of two major mechanisms one is called drift one is called diffusion so drift is something that occurs in response to an electric field so the electric field it accelerates the charge carriers then the bump against the other uh, atoms in there and these two counteracting forces they result in a constant terminal velocity for the electrons this terminal velocity is called drift velocity. There's a way to find drift velocity. It's not arbitrary. So drift velocity for electrons in a lattice will be directly proportional to the electric field applied. So it is equal to constant times E. This constant is called the mobility constant. It's more for electrons, less for holes. That's what we talked about. That's why you take electrons as charge carriers, right? And, yeah, that's the whole gist of it. Uh, if you want exact values, mobility for electrons is 1350 centimeters square per volt second. For holes, it's somewhere around 480. Yeah, 480 centimeters square per volt second, right? Okay, question nine. Based on previous information, how do we describe current in a doped silicon crystal? Explain drift only. Um, 
okay so now we know the velocity right so if you think about it the velocity uh, times let's say uh, one second there will be how much distance is covered it covered right let's say it's h and then if in that h amount in if in that h space um, there's q number of electrons so you can say that q number of electrons over a cross-sectional area of a and then times h that crossed into the space now if we think about it the current is equal to the total charge enclosed in v meters of the bar's length yeah because the charge passing per one second that's the current right so the current is equal to the velocity times one second times h the height and the area and the density of electrons in there so when you plug all of these and when you divide both of the sides by the area it comes out that the current density is equal to qe times mobility constant times n where n is the i think n is the density of electrons right No, and it's just the number of electrons, man. Uh, density of electrons. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. So it's charge times field times mu and n, right? Ah, oh, it's laughable. Okay, next question. Describe velocity saturation in semiconductors. Okay, nice question. In an ideal semiconductor, what happens is you propose that as you raise the electric field the velocity will just rise linearly this does not happen what is observed is that as you increase the electric field it falls off gradually right so the effective mobility changes um how you find the effective mobility you ask so first you have to think of the graph right it rises linearly tapers off so it'll be something like you know uh, original velocity divided by 1 plus b times mu not times uh, that's the saturated velocity right something like that so yeah hang on um yeah it's something like that so the effective mobility is the mu naught divided by one plus b e so as e rises to very high values 
All right, it brings down the mu half method. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, if you want the value of b, it's somewhere close to mu naught by v saturation. Okay. So if they have a numerical for you, where they're giving you mu naught and they're giving you saturation velocity, then you can find that constant down there you can find the effective mobility nice if they're not giving you that you can find the saturation velocity if they're giving you that uh, constant b but that constant doesn't have a name so they're more likely to give you you know the saturation velocity okay question 11 describe movement of charge in terms of diffusion and hence relate them in terms of einstein relation nice question diffusion is something entirely different from drift this happens when there's an ununiform non-uniform charge carrier density what happens is that the charge tapers off to uh, places that are that have less charge, right? So when that happens, there is a current, resulting current, and if you think about it, that current that depends on how much concentration of charge is in a particular area, right? It's not dN by dt. It doesn't depend on time. It depends on the position. So dn by dx right and there is going to be constant d there's a diffusion constant and the final formula is something like current density equals charge times dn by dx times diffusion constant diffusion constant for electrons is 34 centimeters square per second by the way almost three times the whole diffusion constant which again reiterates my point you do not choose holes as free charge carriers so yeah that's the whole thing uh, the Einstein relation yeah obviously uh, so you have two different mechanisms you have drift and you have diffusion you can relate them d by mu this equals to kt by q at 300 Kelvin which is room temperature where your semiconductors will generally be working right uh, the value falls to 26 millivolt right so that's the Einstein relation. Uh, yeah, that's it for today. This concludes my notes for now for basic physics of semiconductors. Okay, I'll add more notes as we go. Take care.